the new era. Next level. Raw. In your face. Hard hitting. To the edge. PWE is talking sports. The all-star crew. Dan O'Mac. Big Kaz. Brokowski. A-V-Z. And the game changer. The new beginning is now. We are back with Talking Sports. I got the whole crew here today. We got a lineup of topics to talk about. But today, we are going to start with a little baseball. Tigers started last week. They pulled off a big win to open up the weekend, and then they kind of flopped. So we're going to go into it, talk about what we've seen, what we liked, uh, some things that we enjoyed, and some other things going around in the league. I know, Kyle, didn't you go to the game? <laughs> I didn't go to the game. I go downtown because uh... – <laughs> I have too many adult beverages to be attending a game for that price. But, yes, I'm down there every year. So, I mean, we all watched it on there. And uh, Dan was talking about uh, Baez before because he's a Cubs fan. He, he's familiar with that player. Uh, hit that home run, got the game winner on game one, and uh, did it again in their second win, man. What can you tell us about this guy, Dan? You said you've uh, watched him for quite a bit. So you're going to get a love-hate relationship for Javi Baez here in Detroit. Um, the guy likes to take chances in the field, and you're going to get some bad plays out of him. But he always seems to uh, take those fuck-ups he does in the infield and make up for it at the plate by getting a home run or or driving in runs. So you, you guys are going to love him one minute and hate him the other minute. What more can you do being a Tiger fan is having a player that you love one minute and hate the next. So. You know, he's definitely got a bat. He, he definitely has got some power. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he's a little erratic in the field. But uh, overall, I think everyone's going to be pleasantly surprised and happy with him manning a shortstop for you guys. Yeah, I, I enjoyed his play except for a couple of those, uh, those fielding problems like you had discussed. And our hometown, our home state kid, Torkelson, you know, got his, uh, his first home run. You see, the fan uh, ended up – he made a deal with the fan to get that ball back, too. So, it was nice. You know, his family's been coming every home game since he's been been playing. Any other thoughts about what's going on around the league? Who's hot right now? Well, I want to throw in there that, you know, Baez took over in these games, and I think a lot of people in Detroit were expecting Correa to come because of the relationship he had with AJ, uh, Skipper over in, um, in Houston, and – Man, I mean, I think everyone has got to be behind him now. But uh, who's hot in the league? I think everyone's still talking about the New York Yankees. Like, it's been about a decade since anyone was talking about them. And now them and then both the L.A. teams. You know, the Dodgers with Kershaw could have had a a uh, no-hitter, but they pulled them out of the game because they're talking about winning a, a World Series day one. So, I think <laughs> L.A. and New York, like always. Yeah, listen, nothing has pissed me off more than since – the probably around 2010 on to today that they've installed this whole, oh, if a pitcher gets to a certain amount of pitches, we got to pull them. I cannot stand that shit. It annoys the hell out of me. Your starter pitcher, his job is to go out there to start and finish. Now, you know, it doesn't always happen that way. I understand if he's, you know, throwing balls and getting runs ran up on him, of course you're going to pull him. But when you throw 80 pitches in a perfect game in the seventh and you then pull him, that is just stupid. I, I mean, all right, so there's been 220,000 professional Major League Baseball games played, and there's only been 23 perfect games recorded throughout history. I, I just don't know how you could pull it. I mean, Kershaw did play it off good. You know, it, it's a team sport. We want to win. It's a long haul, but I mean, come on. You, you can't pull somebody with only 80 pitches thrown. Only 80. So I'm the old man in the group, 41 years old, and I grew up watching guys like Nolan Ryan, Jack Morris. You weren't taking those guys out of the game. You weren't taking those guys out of the game if they were at 150 pitches. Those guys refused to come out, and they, they, they had long, successful careers, uh, you didn't see them 
a lot on the disabled list, you know, but there's a lot more that goes into it now, you know, just in general where, you know, you're paying these guys so much money and they're just afraid of someone getting hurt. And so I think it boils down to it. It's, it's the money and the business side of it. Why you don't see a guy like Clayton Kershaw who could get a perfect game, get pulled after 80 pitches through seven, instead of seeing someone like Jack Morris, who may have let up 10 hits, 10 runs, but they win 13 to 10 and he's thrown almost 200 pitches a game. So it's definitely shows the, the uh, transition and the, and the evolution of baseball from where it was when I was a kid to where it is now. But yeah, you, you talk to the old guys like that, Nolan Ryan, Jack Morris, guys like that. And I'm sure they uh, have a different opinion on the pitchers now, but yeah, it's, it's definitely disappointing when you're a Dodgers fan, if you are a Dodgers fan, I'm not, but to see Clayton Kershaw getting, you know, just dominating and then, Oh, Nope. Sorry. He's reached 80 pitches and we're going to pull him out because we want him for a meaningless game. The end of August when we've already clinched or September when we're up by 27 games, you know, we need him for a game then when we can easily sit him then. So now Dan, you touched on something about, you know, the different age of baseball. And I want to bring that up there using some new technology this year in the pitching. Uh, the pitchers have like a, a little configuration on their wrist. I don't know if it's buttons or what. They're actually signaling the pitcher, the pitches that the pitcher, and the pitcher has a headset on inside his hat to prevent from sign stealing. Um, <clears throat> is sign stealing that bad that they need to go to this technology, or is that just the evolution of the game? I think we can ask AJ Hinch in Detroit about sign stealing. Um, he he mastered it, he perfected it, and then got caught. I think that the league doesn't want another black eye like the Astros were to them a few years ago when they got caught with all that sign stealing. You know, sign stealing and, and, and stealing pitches and stealing stuff that teams do has been going on forever, but it's just where it's come from and just what technology can do for it. But, yeah. Let's ask AJ Hinch when we get him on the podcast downtown when we're at a Tiger game. I'll write that down for when we have him on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he wants to talk about that Houston Astros championship team and how they stole all this, how everybody says that they stole the championship. I bet you rule number one when he became the Tigers coach, don't anybody go near a garbage can. We, we don't <laughs> hear anybody touch it, hit it, nothing. We don't want to be accused of that. Well, we'll continue on watching baseball, keep tracking our Tigers, keep talking about these players that might be hot, might be flops, you know. We're going to move right in. Last week we talked a little bit about UFC 273, and uh, there were some big fights on that, and AVZ came on and talked. AVZ is here tonight. So let's go back. Let's talk about those results and what you thought of those fights that night. Hey, what's going on? Did any of you guys get a chance to catch that as well? I did not. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, uh, so I did talk about the big three fights that were on there last week. Um, So I'm going to talk about those again in reverse order, starting with the main event, which was the Korean Zombie uh, challenging Volkanovski for his championship. And, uh, you know, I had that one go in the distance. I had, uh, you know, Volkanovski just kind of outclassing him a little bit across the board, but with Korean Zombie's toughness, maybe – being able to like weather the storm. Well, that was not the case. Um, while Volkanovski did retain, um, he was dominant the entire time. Uh, the first round was fairly competitive. The second round, less so. Uh, and then by the third round, Volkanovski had really taken over. He dropped Zombie late in, late in the round. And with about 20 seconds left to go, there was some vicious ground and pound. There's an argument to have stopped the fight right there, but they did not. Uh, and... At that point, uh, it was very clear that Zombie's nose was broken. He was having trouble. He couldn't even sit on the stool at that point. Um, But he wanted to go back out there and keep fighting because that's who he is. He's that kind of a fighter, uh, known for his toughness. Unbelievably tough, this guy. So he goes back out there. The doctors clear him to do so. And within the first 20 seconds, Herb Dean does have to stop the fight, despite the fact that they were still on their feet. Uh, I mean, he was just getting, he was just turning into a human punching bag and they had seen enough. Uh, there was no, there's no quitting that guy. Not at all. 
but he was outclassed. Um, afterwards, the in a, in a post-fight interview with the zombie, he was asked if maybe this is going to be his uh, last fight or whatnot. He says he contemplates it after every single fight, but he's not quite sure yet. He has to think about that. But it could be the last time we see zombie. And if that's the case, you know, credit for a great career. Awesome guy. Huge fan favorite. Everyone respects Volkanovski. The fans love Volkanovski, uh, the man down under. But when when they were out there, people were chanting for Korean zombie. The crowd was pretty well behind him the entire fight. And he kept living up to his name, coming forward like a zombie, despite his face looking all kinds of crazy by towards the end of this one. Uh, then we have the other title fight, which was uh, Peter Yan. Uh, with his was actually kind of champion versus champion was interim championship taking on Aljamain Sterling the Funk Master and a- after Sterling did win that title last time in controversial fashion, uh, this was a war, five rounds back and forth. No one knew who was going to win this one. It looked so in the first round. It was so close to call. I did personally think that Jan won that fight based on pressure, but you know. We'll see how that goes down the line. In the second round, Sterling takes him down, and he takes his back within one minute, and it was just a fight for survival for Jan the entire time. Second round, Jan gets taken down again. Sterling's dominating him. Clear two-round advantage for uh, Sterling here. It looks like he's dominating him throughout the fight. He doesn't look tired. Then in the fourth round, Jan wakes up, and he starts pushing forward and leading the strike exchange. He's finally blocking those takedowns. Uh, and he clearly wins round four, and then he brings it again in round five. And by the end of round five, it looks like he had like he had fully fully taken over the fight. And so you know he looked like he like another round or two later he might be getting the finish. So this was really really close. Um, I think there was argument for a 10-8 round with the dominance of Sterling in round two, uh, but in a, with a split decision, Sterling did retain the championship Jan felt robbed I think there's no way that this doesn't go to a trilogy fight there has to be I mean with that kind of controversy marring both of the fights it has to go there but Sterling did prove that he is a worthy champion he deserves to be there he almost finished him around two uh he was a human backpack just trying to go for that choke the entire time Jan was struggling for survival for like three and a half minutes which congrats to him for being able to survive that but man oh man I think we all want to see this one happen one more time and uh, Sterling's legit, and he's for real. And then the people's main event, Gilbert Burns versus Asmat Shemaev. Now, this fight, I thought, was going to be a finish for either one of them. I did think Shemaev would get the finish, but it could have been for either one. We have the grap- We have two grapplers. One is a wrestler. The other one is a jiu-jitsu guy. Both of them have good stand-up. Uh, Burns is the thicker guy, but he is a little bit smaller. Shemaev is very tall. He's 6'2", very tall for the division, 170. And uh, this was a war, an absolute war. I think both of these guys came out uh, victorious. I mean, in round one, it looked like Shemaev did win that round. He had uh, he dropped Burns at one point when he took him down, and he held him there for a little bit. But Burns came back up swinging. In the second round, Burns took back over. Second round definitely went to Burns, but they was still very, very close. And in the third round, uh, Shemaev once again took over. It looked like Burns was tiring out a little bit. But then, you know, with two minutes left, he started firing back up. And, and w- within the last minute, they were just trading like crazy. The entire fight was back and forth and back and forth. And it did go to a decision, which I did not see coming. And with that, it was unanimous decision for uh Chimaev, though i do think coming out of this burns looks very strong as well and it does seem like the next person up for Chimaev is going to be the champion kamaru usman and now is he going to be ready for that i don't know uh is he ready for usman i don't know that's wrestler versus wrestler in his last few fights usman's shown that on his feet he is also dominant he has gone from he's arguably the number one pound for pound fighter in the UFC right now. I think he's ranked as such right now. And, you know, he should be, he should be, you know, people like questioned him before about like, let's say he was boring. He pushes you up against the fence. He takes you down. He lays on you. He just tries to stomp your feet. He doesn't do a whole lot. Uh, uh-uh, not lately. He's been knocking people down, knocking their heads off. And uh, man, I have no idea. Who's going to win that one between him and Shemaya? Like, Shemaya's probably his most interesting opponent I can think of right now, considering, like, this, how they have fairly similar styles, like, with the wrestling. 
But man, that's going to be something we need to talk about going forward. And uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks, we've got UFC uh, 274 coming up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that. And maybe uh, uh, there's two fights in the middleweight division on there, including the championship up uh, with uh, Justin Gaethje taking on the champion, Charles Ole- uh, Oliveira, as well as uh, oh, there's a strawweight title on the line there with uh, uh, the girls. So, you know, Thug Rose defending against uh, Carlos Sparza, who's the inaugural. Uh, champion in that division and then you have uh, another really good uh, fight there coming up as well so you know in the middleweight division which is Tony Ferguson who's a fan favorite taking on uh, another fan favorite in uh, Michael Chandler both of those guys are probably going to go to war and so you know I'd love to talk about maybe the history of that division going forward but uh, yeah that's going to be a really good card too so thanks so much thank you for your hey, question mm-hmm I got, I got, I got a question for AVZ. Yeah. So I think it was last last week, uh, or the week before, Henry Trudeau ended up putting his name back in the USDA drug pool drug system. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a mega fight that he's coming back for, possibly. Triple C. Strap champ. I mean, yeah. When you're a guy like uh, Henry Cejudo, who's like, like he's a huge star and he did a great job making a big name for himself. That's a big money fight. And I think that there's money left on the table. There's meat on the bone there. And I think if he comes back into the testing pool, he's been, if you've been watching him on social media and stuff, he's been like training still He got a little bit thicker. So I wonder if he's going to jump up a little bit, but he's always been someone who like, who isn't afraid to go up and wake up. I'd love to see, I'd love to see him actually bulk up and fight maybe even like 145. I'd love to see even that. That'd be kind of crazy. Uh, maybe he's the next competitor uh, to take on uh, Volkanovski at Featherweight. Maybe that's what's going to happen. I don't know. But then there's also the Bantamweight Championship. You know, like you got Jan and uh, Sterling fighting there. I think that does go to a trilogy before maybe he comes back in. But, you know, Cejudo is no joke. He's a Olympic uh, gold medalist or bronze medalist uh, wrestler. He's super legit. Um, great hands. Crazy power for his size. I mean – and he's a big star. That's a big money fight. So maybe he probably gets uh, something to warm up to. And I, I'm interested to see what weight class he chooses to come back into, honestly, because he's someone who's not afraid to go up. And I know, like, cutting all the way back down to, like, 125, maybe not what he wants to do. So, you know, we'll see. Big star. And when we come back after our ad read, we we're going to talk a little NBA playoffs and some MVP talks and uh, maybe get in a little interesting conversation there. Dan, take it away. So for everything Pro Wrestling Edge and Talking Sports with PWE, you can find on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at PWE Pod. For Edge of the Mind podcast by PWE, you can find the Facebook group page by the same name and at Edge of the Mind Pod on Instagram. Anything to do with PWE, go to our website, pwepod.com. There's a link to our Brainbuster Tees store for our Pro Wrestling Edge merch. There's also a section on the website that you can leave us ratings. Those ratings go to Apple, Google Play, Spotify, all of those. If you give us a good review there, it will boost us up on the algorithm. So when people are looking for wrestling or sports content, our podcast will come up for them. So check all of our stuff out. There's also a bio for all of the, all the guests of all three podcasts. We are adding Jamal. So you guys will be able to see Jamal on there as well. We can't do any of this without our partners and our sponsors. First up is Roost Psychedelics. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Roost Psychedelics. The link to their Etsy store will be in the, in the comments for all of our podcasts. Whirlwind Productions Detroit, if you're looking for podcast production work or voiceover work, contact Whirlwind Productions Detroit. Facebook and Instagram, you can find them at Whirlwind Productions DET, and then you can email them, Whirlwind Productions DET at Gmail, um, and they can let you know all their services and, and what they can do for you. <clears throat> Brain Jerk Entertainment, um, anything for Brain Jerk, go to brainjerk.com. Those guys are more than a podcast. They had the blind taste test dinner. Um, they are getting ready to do uh, drag queen bingo. That was such a success on the pre-sales that they made two of them. Uh, so there's another one coming up later on. They're usually always at IWR um, down in Monroe. So 
and they do taste of uh, taste of Monroe. It's a series where they go around Monroe County and they uh, Monroe County, Michigan, and they uh, go to the restaurants and they and they review them and they kind of put each restaurant on a spotlight. So uh, go check them out. Brainjerk.com. Um, also, our sponsor, Jake was photography. Uh, Ronnie has transitioned from one love in his life, which was professional wrestling to his uh, other passion, which is photography, his attention to detail, a steady hand and a love for all things. Photography proves he's going to be a huge benefit for the photography industry. If you're looking for any type of photography work, um, he does championship belts, uh, toys. He's doing promo um, or promo shoots, uh, places, nature cars. He's got he's got a bunch of weddings booked. Reach out to to Ronnie. Uh, you can find him on Facebook and TikTok at Jaquis Photography, which is J A Q U I S Photography, and on Instagram Ronnie Jaquis, and then on Twitter Whore underscore Style um, to get everything for Jaquis Photography. Also, big shout out to Midnight Snuggy Hour. Sean McMahon and Joe are be- are going to be back soon. Don't know the, the date yet. Um, they're everything from wrestling to entertainment to pop culture. The guys here at Pro Wrestling Edge will be a part of that. Schwartzy will be a part of that. So check that out. And also Schwartzy and the Ratlock. They stream every uh, morning, Monday through Thursday on Twitch, starting at 9 a.m. Usually around to 10, 10.30. And they're also going to now going to be starting a second show, which will be Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Ratlock's Monster Lab of Horror Wrestling and Science. Uh, I think the first episode as we recording this drops tonight, he's actually doing uh, he does masks for a lot of the wrestlers and he's doing a mask for someone for their entrance to the ring. So check out what they do there. They're, they're now affiliates on Twitch. So uh, they do hilarious stuff. If anybody's a wrestling fan and no Schwartz, he hit him and uh, him and Ratlock do some pretty crazy shit. Uh, Ratlock eats some gross stuff and and Schwartz, Schwartzy. So if you want some entertainment, check that out. Um, go ahead, Big Kaz, back to you. Thank you to our sponsors and partners. Now let's talk a little NBA. Uh, we had some interesting playing games this past week. And uh, Jamal, give us, the, give us the what's up on that. Who was playing who and who had the big wins and uh, who was a disappointing loss? Uh, really, um, let's see here. I think Brooklyn... They're the ones to me. They had a big win because only Kyrie and KD. And uh, to me, I think they're one of the biggest first round matchups because you know the Celtics are pretty hot. So and we, they hoping for KD to. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Ben Simmons to come back to try to uplift them because, quite frankly, after watching that Cleveland, they would have won if Jared Allen showed up. But he's hurt. So, and, you know, Brooklyn gave him or traded him away to Cleveland, and he was just a defender in Brooklyn. So now he elevated to all star status with the Cavaliers. So, unfortunately, he's not there. So they end up losing. Uh, that would have been really messed up, KD, and I lost that. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure y'all seen this. Maybe not, but Patrick Beverly, all right, the Timberwolves versus the Clippers. Like, they was celebrating like they won the goddamn championship, bro. Like, it was it was amazing. But I thought the Clippers were going to win because Paul George came back, you know. But uh, – and then as I was watching that, their center that won the three-point contest, Carl Anthony Town, I'm thinking, like, he's going to show up, dominate. And this dude, he was – like, they was they had a game plan against him, double-team him. And he was like, man, F this. I'm going to just run through everybody. Foul trouble. They almost lost the game. But then towards the end, everybody else, he got he he got sat on the bench. And then the team started going. They number one star got benched. And then the, uh, the role players ended up helping them doing that. So the Timberwolves got out of that. That was a seventh seed versus eighth seed. Timberwolves was a seventh seed. They got there. So they go against the number two seed, uh, Grizzlies. So. The other play-in was the Spurs and Pelicans. I, not everybody interested in that because Zion Williams is not there. So, but you do got McCullum. He's a new player added from uh, um, Damian Litter's team, the Blazers, Trailblazer. 
So really, I mean, you knew the ninth seed, which is Pelicans, gonna beat the tenth seed. It's, do y'all know anybody on the Spurs? <laughs> I, I barely did. So that game was cool. Uh, now, um, what is it now? Uh, Clippers play the Pelicans for the eighth seed. That play in is still kind of foggy to me, but from what I'm seeing. Yeah, the Pelicans play the Clippers, and I got uh, Ty Lue championship. I got the AC winning that over the uh, Pelicans. And on the East Coast side, I'm sorry, uh, the Hawks, they beat – they was a ninth seed. They beat the Hornets, who were the 10th seed. And the Hawks, they're Trey Young. He's battle-tested. You know, he took this team that wasn't even supposed to go anywhere last year to the conference finals. But, you know, it went up against Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid. I think game seven almost beat them, and they came up a little short. So, unfortunately, this year was a little slow for them, but they still made the play in, and they beat the the Hornets. So now they got to play the losing team of of Brooklyn and the Cavaliers, which Cavaliers lost. So the Hawks play the Cavs. So, so that's it is the final two playing teams. Like that playing stuff, I'm telling you, I wish they didn't do it because it's still tricky, but that's as far as the It sounds like a Rob Robin style. Yeah. I'm yeah, always going to know why this person super glued their hand to the floor. Oh, you seen that? Yeah. Oh. Uh, like, uh, I think the Timberwolves haven't even been to the playoffs in like 18, almost 20 years. So. I could see why it was. They had a they had a a play in celebration downtown. <laughs> they didn't win nothing, but they had a whole celebration. But hey, if you haven't won that long or been to the playoffs that long, I think the Pistons been there. I think we've been there a little more in between. You know what I'm saying? So I, mean, I give them props. They did what they did, but I mean they got to go against that two seed John Moran, like y'all were saying earlier. So. Yeah, I think, you know, the Grizzlies, I think they could be, you know, one of the top teams that come out of the West. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ja, he's uh, – I don't think he played the last game or two, but, yeah, they like I said, they're young. It's a young league. You thought LeBron and them was going to win because it's Melo, LeBron, Westbrook, all those guys, but you see they old. Now all these teams now, they're they're young, like – I'm looking at all the – from the first seed to the 10th seed, everybody is, like, under 30 or close to it, and they still, you know, they bones don't ache when it's raining pretty much. So, I mean, yeah, pretty much uh, what we say. Yeah, uh, my surprise team is the Hawks, but I don't think they're going to – all these playing teams are first-round out teams. Put it That's how I feel. Except for Brooklyn. Kyle, you had something to say about that? Yeah, I think this play-in tournament is, is fun because a lot of these teams, like, teams that are missing a piece, right? The Clippers are missing Kawhi Leonard. Um, the Pelicans, who won, are missing Zion, their star. So it's always like uh, Brooklyn's still missing better. It's always a team that's uh, missing someone. And even the Timberwolves, which Boss said, they actually won a playoff game like three or four years ago, but I don't think anyone remembers that. We haven't remembered them since Garnett was there in 04. So they were celebrating like they did something, but they did it without their star, Carl Anthony Towns, who, who fouled out. So I feel like he's playing because it's like, what would happen if one guy was basically what it's looking like? Um, I agree. I think all these guys are going to be out in the first round either way, but um, it's definitely given – Besides Brooklyn, but it's given the um, the fans something excited to see because most years we look at the first round of the NBA playoffs, we look at a uh, below 500 team going to get dominant, and now they're playing for a chance to get uh, I think it's, it's more fun now. Yeah, with uh, Brooklyn, you know, that, that could be a team, like you say, come straight from the play-ins. They can make it to the finals, you know, and how crazy is that to have such a low-seeded team to just like you have to play in to get into the freaking playoffs. And if they get healthy, they, they could be one of the teams that take it out of the East and could meet 
who knows in the, you know, finals from the West. I think the Grizzlies might come out, but, you know. Portland's yeah. great. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, you're all right, Jamal. Oh, I was just saying, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I agree with him too. Um, like the, the play in is something extra to do. And like we were saying earlier, like the East is used to be so trash. Like a team, like the, uh, what is it? Like the, maybe the, no, the seventh and eighth seed will have a losing record and then make the playoffs. So it's like, why not get the other teams that's similar to that? give them a chance they actually have it because like you said the first round of playoffs is kind of trash so now we kind of actually have some type of competition going on just for the first round even though we know teams are a little shorthanded and you know not that interesting but you know who are some of the MVP talks I see Joel Embiid had a big game to end the season that kind of uh, shot his name up there to a possible, you know, he was shooting, he had what, 45 points in the one game, one of the last games of the season. And uh, I mean, it's probably going to be Joker. He's still on first on everybody's list to, to win MVP, but uh, there's him Embiid, they got Giannis. I know and, uh, uh, Dan was talking heavy on Giannis earlier. He's been following the Bucks. That was his pick for this season this year. Yeah, those would be the top. Luca, he threw himself in there, but he hurt his leg. So, but I would say, I would say Joker would. Embiid, at, at first, I thought Embiid lost his chances to win because James Harden arrived there. But James Harden ain't the same, you know, the one that was getting MVPs, scoring 40. You know what I'm saying? He, he been really mediocre right now, and Joel Embiid been having to carry the load the whole season. So I'm, I, I can give him that. But Joker, I don't remember the last time Jamal Murray played with. I think that's his second guy, and I think he got a guy that just signed a contract. I think, man, I can't remember his name. Michael Porter Jr. I think he just signed like a two hundred million dollar contract or hurt his back or something like that. So and Joker, he in the West Coast. You know, tough, tough conference. And he's still, you know, this man is like 26, 12 rebounds, 26 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists for a center. You know, that's like Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain type numbers. So he definitely, he might win the game, man. He might be back to back because I don't see anybody else. I think it's the International League right now. They yeah. running it. Who, who would you give all if you had a pick? If you had to make it, who would your MVP? Uh, I'll, I'll give it to MB. I will give it to him. Start off like he, I, I was down on him the last couple seasons because he couldn't stay healthy. You know, he, you see him before the games getting a massage, eating a burger on his stomach. I'm like, bro, what, what are you doing? You, you're not going to keto, like bro. That. It's keto. <laughs> hey, he was always hurt doing that shit. So now this season, he switched it up now. He got healthier. He played way more games now, so I give him props. He stepped up to superstar status with, you know, you understand what he has to do to take it there because he's been, he, he been caught crying when Kawhi busted his ass in the playoffs to his girl. So this year, he's not going to make it, but I think he's not going to make it to the finals, but I think he deserved MVP this year. He, he definitely took his game to the next level. I agree with you. What more can MB do to get MVP? Like, Jokic – but you may as well make them a, a co-MVPs because you can't really take it for But they change. It seems like the voting in the NBA, it, it irritates me like the NFL does. The NFL, you might as well just call it the quarterback award, you know? So yeah. in the NBA, it's just, the Denver Nuggets, I see what you're saying, but they're the sixth seed. And they used to be whoever had the best, best conference. I mean, Kobe Bryant could have won MVP every year. Steve Nash just went back-to-back because they had the best record. So – I look at it like Embiid deserves this MVP this year. He's the best player this regular season. I still think Giannis is the best player in the league, and we're going to find out yeah. in the playoffs why that is. But um, I'm giving it to Embiid over. But, I mean, I think it's going to be hard to give it or take it from him. Jokic is kind of like he's the reigning MVP, and no one's really taking it from him. I think, I think in all the professional leagues, they forgot what the MVP means. It's the most viable player to that team during the regular season. 
And now that Ben Simmons is gone, it's Joel Embiid's team, regardless if you got James Harden, regardless of whoever you got. And who's more valuable to the 76ers or who's more valuable to a team right now than Joel Embiid? That's, you know, that's facts. You know, Embiid and Joker definitely deserve it. I think somebody that's getting overlooked in this whole conversation of MVP talks is Devin Booker. I think he's completely transformed that Phoenix Suns team. They're the best team in the league right now. I mean, if you take him off that team, I don't see them succeeding the way that they do right now. Yeah, you got uh, Chris Paul. You got Boyan Boyo, or however you say his name. Uh, you know, you got Holiday still there. But I don't think that that's a solid enough core. You got that superstar in Devin Booker in order to put up that, you know, average of 30 points, five assists. You know, another six rebounds. You know, I think that he he gets he's getting heavily overlooked because I think now the league it's all about the big guys. You know, the big guys that can shoot the three. You know, been a while though. Hasn't been big guys for a while. I mean, you can say Giannis off the box. Would they? Jimmy Butler's leading the. Jason Tatum. A lot of guys. Luka Doncic. A lot of guys in this, but I think because the big have been so weak, you know, since Shaq retired. I mean, years and it's been a weak uh, center. It's not the same. With point guard right now, I think the two dominant centers right now are fighting for MVP. I like it. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, Giannis, if he wasn't on the Bucks, you know, they probably wouldn't be in competition. And, you know, the reigning champs, so – MVP, most valuable player to that team for the regular season. That's how it needs to be thought of. Moving on, let's get into some hot takes, some things that's happening in the sports world around that anybody has their mind. I know uh, Dan watched a little bit of the Masters to watch Tiger, and I see Jamal wearing the Tiger hat right now. Uh, what well, didn't work out as planned for him, did it, Dan? So here's the thing about Tiger Woods and the Masters. I mean, there was – talk that this guy wasn't going to be able to walk again. Let alone walk again. He goes into the Masters, which is one of the biggest events. He looked good early on, but then it got to the weekend. Saturday was colder. That's not good on a man's body who is recovering from what he is. And as you saw the weekend go on, he was limping. I give him all the credit in the world for not only just playing, getting back to where he can go out and compete in a tournament at that level. So Tiger's not done. What What's he saying? He wants to play two to three tournaments a year because he wants to play until his son's a, a, a pro. So we can say he played in a, in, in a top tournament with his son. But just for what he went through in that accident, to be able to come back as quickly as he has, I don't care how bad he looked over the weekend. And you want to say I'm giving him excuses for his body breaking down, but shit, man, just seeing him back out there and, and how much he's done for this sport. You know, yeah, I, I have my guy now who, who I'm, you know, I'm a tire guy, but I have the, my next guy in golf, you know, that I think is, has the potential to be a star. And that's Colin Markova or how you say his name? Uh, um, Markova, uh, Colin Markova, but, but tiger just, just to be able to get back, let alone just walking and, and, and living in everyday life, but to get back on the golf course, I mean, you, you got to give him props for, for being able to get back out there. So you said he, he said he wanted to play two to three more tournaments a year. Is it a surprise if he wins a tournament? It, would it be like kind of a shock? Or if he wins, is it kind of like, oh, it's Tiger Woods that's kind of expected of him so at this I, point in his career? I think overall people's going to say, well, that's expected of them because they're not looking at the big picture. You know, I just said it. This man's been through something that most people aren't going to return to barely having a, a quality of, of life just existing and living. This man's back out. You know, he's competing with the best golfers in the world. So people's going to look at, you know, well, that's Tiger that, you know, he should, you know, he should do that one more time. You know, it's Tiger. But in all reality, you know, all the adversity he's going to be facing, it, it, it should be a big deal if he wins the tournament. But will he? 
he's got a long way to go before he's going to compete on the weekends and, 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 and even be in a conversation to compete on a Sunday. But, you know, just the fact that he's back out there is huge for golf. From golf. Yeah. From golf. We're going to talk a little bit this weekend is the first games of the USFL. You know, we had talked a little bit about that last week, what teams were in it. Uh, Michigan plays this week. And, you know, after going and doing some research, do you know who the Michigan Panthers quarterback is? Shea Patterson. You know, you Michigan guys might remember that name. Uh, apparently he's doing very well, you know, and uh, Jeff Fisher's very uh, happy with him. Maybe they could be in co- some competition this year. Uh, with those rule changes, the more and more I think about it, I, I really enjoy it. I'm looking forward to – I want to see some teams, instead of doing the onside kick, running that fourth and 12 from the uh, the 30-yard scrimmage. Uh, I think that's every a good – time. Do it every time. <laughs> you know, it would be like playing, you know, uh, Madden instead of kicking the field goal, always going for two, right? Yeah, but I'll be tuning in. I'll be checking that stuff out. Uh, what else is going on, guys? I'm trying to think. Have you guys talked? Have we talked at all about the uh, Tom Brady and the uh, the Dolphins and all, all that controversy? The, the rumors that he was set to join their office and then transition into coach over there with Sean Payton coming in? Yeah, I, you know what? Now that you brought that up, it did bring it up that they were working on a deal to where he was going to be like part owner. He was going to buy into the team. Sean Payton was supposed to come, but then all that stuff with the the lawsuit with Brian Flores, and he kind of bailed on that. Yeah, it's looking uh, real real sketchy over there with that whole uh, lawsuit with with uh, Flores. I feel like Flores uh, has uh, some pretty good grounds now behind his uh, lawsuit there. Yeah, he had a couple other coaches come out and join in the lawsuit. Yeah. I don't know the names offhand, but I do remember seeing that two coaches, two offensive coordinators, I believe from two uh, separate teams. Well, what's his name? Steve Wilkes. That was, he only got one year in Arizona and they fired him because they had a subpar year. I mean, it, it's hard to go from a team that's bad and turn them around in one year when you have, when you have lack of players, I know he joined it. I'm not sure who the other coach was, but yeah. Um, I, I think that a lot of it too had to come to with Bruce Aarons is like, we have him under control. You're going to give us everything if you want Tom Brady, but he's, he's out of contract after this year. Does he go to Miami? Who knows? Um, do I care? No, because we have the next generation of quarterbacks in the league. We have Pat Mahomes, we have Josh Allen, we have Joe Burrow. And that's what I want to see. That's what I want the league to focus on and not where Tom Brady's going. Yeah. And, and what kind of cigar is that, ABZ? Because that oh, thing looks like you're enjoying it. Oh, yeah, man. I uh, re- rediscovered a little bit. I don't know if it's healthy, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to get um, – trying to, trying to eat less. So, uh, you know, I like uh, – I've been enjoying my cigars a little bit more. This is a Cuba Cuba. It's an acid. It's very sweet. I like these. They're pretty yummy. <laughs> What you, what you guys think about that Baker situation? How the interview, he said he felt disrespected. And then people hey. say, well, you disrespected him brown, so playing shitty. Well, I'm like, all right. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, you I mean, know, I, I talked him, about I, this. He he was yeah. hurt. They put him out there hurt. They put him in situations where he was going to fail. Different coaches. I mean, I, I think that he was disrespected. And it, now that there's still talk about – there might be more grand jury shit and Sean Watson might miss some games. Now they want to keep Baker on the roster, you know, because they don't trust uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett to come in and take over. And I've said this before, bring me to Detroit. I'd love to see him here in Detroit. Man, I'd like to see him at the Seahawks, man. I'd like to see him uh, get traded to the Seahawks. I, you know, I, I've seen some rumors of people trying to speculate stuff and they're talking about, send DK over to uh, uh, the Browns to join Deshaun Watson and bring Baker wow. there. But I, I, I don't know. If, uh, you know, you just sign another quarterback. You know, you, you signed your answer at quarterback and Geno Smith there. Uh, That's enough out of you. No, we did not. Stop that. Stop that immediately. I will have none of that. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, Drew Locke's, Drew Locke's going to make the jump. Drew, Drew Locke's going to make the jump. 
you know, I, I just think that I, I've been saying it and, and maybe I'm beating a dead horse, but I would love to see Baker get a chance here in Detroit. This is the year because your big quarterbacks are going to come out in the next two years. And if he doesn't work out after this year, you're going to be able to cut ties with him and you're going to be able to cut ties with Jared Goff because that cap hit isn't bad. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm leaning towards we're not going to see Baker play this year. I'm leaning towards – I don't – I mean, he, I think he's going to play regardless, even if he has to play for the Browns, because I just think he wants to play. I don't think he's that type of player to sit out and his stock go up after sitting out. I think he knows that will hurt him if he does. So I believe the Browns, they're not going to trade Baker yet. Deshaun Watson is suspended for the first four games of the season. They need Baker to play. They're going to use that as a pawn. They're going to let Baker play. Hopefully he plays good and his stock rises to where they'll be able to trade, you know, before the trade deadline to something that they need somewhere. Because by week five, week six, there's going to be a quarterback hurt. There's going to be multiple teams in need of a quarterback that can manage a game. And Baker Mayfield has proven to manage games, you know, like in his interview, he said he had roller coaster years. It was bad one year, good one year, bad again. You know, it went up and down. So he's proven he can be good. So we'll see if he gets in his own head and, you know, just is not going to play when he's put out there to play or he's going to turn it up in hopes to be on a different team. I think he's a gamer, man. I think he's going to play. Because they gave him an opportunity to play and gave him a chance of a lifetime. If they don't think he's good, I think that whole disrespect talk because he knows that they're moving on and going with Deshaun Watson, and he wants to start off refresh somewhere else where he's given a better chance. better chance. Yeah, he's crying. I mean, like, I think his best year was his rookie year. So it's like there's a lot to be said about maybe he just needs a change of scenery. Like, maybe. I mean, he's someone where, where uh, I think he does deserve another shot to be a starter, but I think it's a short lead situation. I mean, like, like, like Trubisky. I think he's a Trubisky type guy. You know what I mean? Maybe he uh, he needs a little bit of time to kind of like maybe go, maybe back up someone uh, in an organization that has a winning culture. And then maybe he does find a, a team where he can, like maybe he bounces back. I'm interested to see what Trubisky's going to look like on the Steelers. You know what I mean? I mean, that that line is scary, but like the, uh, all that aside, like maybe, maybe that's the redemption story that like, the NFL needs right now. I don't know. They can I mean, definitely personality. You want to talk about redemption stories. You know, uh, Kaepernick had a workout at Michigan's spring football game just a few weeks back. And apparently, you know, there's like every year, there's four teams interested in him. Do you guys think he could come back to the NFL at this point at that athletic level and play? No. I also say not at all. Man. He's old. It's like it's rough. Give it a rest. I don't know if it's necessarily that he's old. I think it's just look how far he's removed from playing right. in the league yeah, at, at the level that you need to play in the NFL to be a, a, a starting quarterback. Do you think he should go and play for a league like the USFL or the XFL or maybe even Canadian football and try to prove – to get his way back in the NFL, be like, look, I could play competitively physically with these guys. You know, he's got pads on, he's throwing passes, he's getting hit. Do you think he could make a comeback if he did that and had a, you know, a decent career in one of those leagues? So I would say no, because look at PJ Walker. PJ Walker was an absolute stud in the XFL, yep. looked at as like some guy who would come in and start for a team, and he's on Carolina where they don't. He's not even an option for him. They're looking at what next quarterback that they can ruin his career. So four um, interceptions, no touchdowns there. PJ Walker, four interceptions, yeah. no touchdowns. I mean, like, uh, I think it would be an interesting move for like one of those leagues, especially like, honestly, if I was the XFL, I'd be looking to uh, bring him in just because like, maybe not, I think he's going to make it back to the NFL, but like, he's definitely a huge, huge name. And like, you know, he might look decent there. And, uh, I mean, that's good eyes on them. You know what I mean? He'll sell, he'll sell some tickets. Oh, sure. yeah, he will. He'll sell some oh, merch, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you feel like the message would be kind of worsened off if he goes to those leagues? If I was Kaepernick, it's like he's the guy put up to the NFL, you know? 
So like to, to just go play at a at a more of a minor league level, I, 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 for him, I would say like he's above that. He doesn't really need to do that. But uh, yeah, if I was the XFL, I'd definitely jump at getting Ka- Colin Kaepernick back in the league yeah. and bringing eyes to him. I mean, there's Two. also like an argument to be made that like if he goes to one of those those places, maybe he's like, yeah, it's not going to be like the NFL, but like look, like uh, get some eyes on us. Look, I can still go. We can still go. This is a cool organization. Uh, you know, like. He can be their star, and maybe he, maybe he can take it on himself. Yeah, maybe it's below him, and like maybe he sees that. But like, here's his chance to not to elevate a whole new product. You know what I mean? Here's a chance to be the face right. of a new league. So I don't expect either Kyle or AVZ to actually answer this question, but I just want to play devil's advocate to what Kyle said. You guys both have a love for professional wrestling. Has there ever been a time that you guys took a booking just because you have love for professional wrestling and not it being like um, somewhere that could spotlight you or show you or, or, or give you a, a better opportunity to be seen on a bigger scale? I, I'm sure the answer is yes. I don't want either one of you to answer that because I don't want to get you in the doghouse with anybody. But maybe that's what Kaepernick is, his love for football. He's more like, you know what, I'm going to go play because I love this sport. And if NFL is not going to give me an opportunity and the rock is, I'm going to go to the XFL and prove that I'm going to be the star of that league. You're right, man. You only live once. So you're totally right. If he wants to play ball, he's only got so many years left where he's able, his body's going to be able to play. So if he wants to do it, he needs to do it now. Don't you think we would have heard these talks though? Like if one of those leagues were even interested in him coming to play, you know, like, is it that nobody wants to touch him now? I think because you, you figure get back in the league, you know, is he turning down these offers from, you know, maybe he was getting offers from, you know, the USFL and the XFL because the XFL still got a year until they come back. They still got a whole year. Yeah. And, you know, and the USFL is coming back right now. Now those Leagues are going to be, from my understanding, kind of playing around the same time also. I just think that he wouldn't do the USFL just because I think the XFL and not saying that the Rock makes it a better league than the USFL, but I think XFL has more of a a, a brand behind it to where he's got a year for that. He can look now to see if maybe I can get in the league, and if not, in the in a year's time, XFL is coming around. We don't know. It could have had some talks, but why would they show their hand now when the league isn't going to be around for another year on someone that's going to be there? I mean, a year ahead of time, Colin Kaepernick's not going to sell you a ticket this far in advance. I mean, it could create hype, but at the same time, you know, both of those leagues also have you know some type of. Uh, connection with the NFL. You know, the XFL came out and said they're going to be working with the NFL in some sorts with player development and safety and all that shit. So do you think their influences steam a little bit deeper to possibly keep Cap out of those leagues also? If, the, if he really want to play, then I could say, yeah, go do those leagues. But I think since he was in the NFL, he only stopped playing because of the whole protest stuff. Man, he probably think like, shit, I'm put me back on the NFL team. But then it's like, did people ask you to be on a – do QBs get signed to practice squads at all? Or like, like you a I mean, backup, yeah. backup, backup? Or do you, you want to come and help with team? Because now it's like teams damn near got, you know, almost well, – I, I don't know. And plus, like you said, he's been removed from football a while, and it's not – this is football right here, so I – I don't know if you could just leave like that and come back like he's Jordan or something, but I, I well, he's done. Be tough. He's done these workouts before, you know, in in the past years, to where he's done he's done these workouts for teams to where people get eyes and possibly you know sign him, and just what I heard speculation, you know, that he's had offers, but it wasn't what he wanted. You know, it's he doesn't want to play in a backup role. I, I, I don't see him, you know, signing to the NFL just to go on a practice squad, you know, and maybe that's why you don't see him any, you know, hear anything about the USFL or the XFL because it's NFL or bust for him. And I think it's that that bust might have rolled out. And I think, yeah. you know, maybe it's his management that's surrounding him. I mean, why not accept a backup position role for a minimum weight, minimum, you know, not that high cap salary for a starter. Take that back up and then come in and play, you know? I mean, you, 
then you can, you know, like you had that chance. I mean, I think you might have had the wrong management dealing with them. And they're like, well, yo, you're a superstar. You don't need to do that. You're going to be a $140 million seven-year contract starting quarterback or you're not playing. So I'll give you – I'm full of wrestling references tonight. I'll give you a wrestling reference for it. Colin Kaepernick was exiled from the league. And why would he come back to the league for a backup role? If he's going to come back, he's going to be Cody Rhodes, come back and get a big match on Mania and then and get a big spotlight on Monday Night Raw. And he's going to come back not to be Stardust. He's not going to come back to be some role player, bench guy in the NFL. He's going to come back to be a star. And if he's not going to be a starter, I mean, argument, is he better than Marcus Mariota? I don't know. I don't think so. I just, at this age, I don't know, man. Because, like, Marcus has been there. Like, he's been playing. He's been, you know, on teams. Like, I have to lean him. I mean, like, he's been around the sport. He's been in the practices. Uh, honestly, I think it's Mariota at this point. Yeah, and, like, well, the example I'm giving is, like, is – Kaepernick better than some of those lower tier starters that are penciling as starters? Is he better than a Drew Locke? Is he better than a Marcus Mariota? Is he better right now than a Davis Webb? The answer is no, because he hasn't been yeah. in the league forever. So I agree. they're not going to take him as a starter over any of those guys because of the unknown. So actually, uh, if you guys don't mind, I kind of want to circle back really quick and talk a little bit about uh, MMA, just because um, they, the UFC did post uh, updated rankings, pound-for-pound pound rankings, after uh, UFC 273. And it looks like uh, Volkanovski did leapfrog uh, Adesanya and became the number two pound-for-pound pound ranked uh, fighter. And, you know, at 145, when we talked about Cejudo maybe coming back, I think that's the fight. Because after the fight with Zombie, uh, Volkanovski talked about maybe like he has to finish the third fight with uh, Holloway. That was the fight that was supposed to happen. But you know, um, as far as like what's the most interesting, I think there's a lot of money to be made in Volkanovski versus Triple C coming down the line. Now, uh, UFC is a lot of, like long-term storytelling, if you will, because it's you know, it is it's uh, they can, you can't fight a bunch of times per year, but I think maybe in a year or two we're going to see Cejudo versus Volkanovski. I think that's the fight to make uh, down the line. So. Sorry, sorry to derail like the the NFL talk <laughs> to bring back the fighting, but like they did just post it, so I was pretty excited about it. Well, that's what the hot takes for. Bring up any subject is uh, I'm out of subjects right now. Is anything anything else anybody wants to bring up? I, want my, up? I want my hot take right now because NBA playoffs is coming. I'm excited for it, and there's one team that's not in it, and I'm happy they're out because he ruined my childhood, and that's Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs. And I'm so glad they won. And I hope he retires. And my hot take is he just wanted to have the most wins as a head coach of all time. He got that. And I think he's going to be a coward and he's going to retire. Yeah, I said coward. I don't care how good he is. Popovich, yeah. I'd be one of the greatest coaches to ever play. But, you know, you hate him because of uh, the childhood trauma that you received from him. So, I, do you think he retires? you think that was it? Is he done after this year? Or is he coming back? Like Jamal said, do we know anybody in the Spurs? No. <laughs> no, he's retiring. He's been, I don't care who replaces him. I, my, my hate for the Spurs might end with Popovich leaves. And Robert Ori, fuck you. I still hate you. Yeah. Big shot, Bob. Hate you. I hear that. Um, Y'all think that Juwan Howard's going to go to the Lakers? I already said he's not. He's staying with Michigan. I'll tell you who I think is going to make this. If you want to make this the hot take of the night and, and close out with it, Nick Nurse from Toronto. I think he's going to go to the Lakers. How does that work? Like, he already coached. He just going to just leave that perfect organization. Like, he got him in that. I, I won't mess his name up, uh, but the uh, African brother, I think. <laughs> There's... They got something good in Toronto. You know, there's something called money and and if he gets enough money from the Lakers to go to Los Angeles, I I don't know what weather is better, L.A. or Toronto. Hey, Doc Rivers traded himself. That's right. It's not out of the norm for coaches to be traded, you know, in any sport. Hey, true that. True that. But isn't Toronto also a couple years off of a championship? Like, didn't they win it in 18 or 19? They also lost Kawhi Leonard. 
They lost Kawhi Leonard. They lost DeMar DeRozan. I'm not a Kawhi fan, so I, I don't care. Kawhi's just a great defensive player. That's it. Kawhi's laugh is better. I like him. And we lost Lowry. Too. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we'll end this show this week. We'll be back next week for more topics and be listening for the hot takes. See ya.